0: Today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that the Bible is not just for Sunday. If you just go to
1: church to kind of unscrew your top of your head and stick information and to be just a walking commentary or a Bible answer man, that's not going to help you. But if you come so that the Holy Spirit can transform your life and deal with your heart and for you to decrease and Jesus to increase, then that's good. Good for you and especially for
0: those around you. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Any good architect pays as much attention to the foundation of the building, which won't be seen, as he does to the edifice that will be in full view. Why? Because he understands his work will not last without proper and solid groundwork. Today as Pastor Xavier continues his series from the book of Nehemiah He takes the time to teach us how to lay down the proper foundation necessary for living a successful Christian life And here he is with today's message a call to the word Let's listen You know the Pony Express
1: was a thrilling part of the early American history It ran from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California In a distance of about 1900 miles And the trip was made in 10 days 40 men each riding 50 miles a day, dashing along the trail on 500 of the best horses that the West could provide. To conserve weight, clothing was very light, saddles were extremely small and thin, and no weapons were carried. The horses themselves wore small shoes of none at all. The mail pouches were flat and very conservative in size. Letters had to be written on thin paper and postage was $5 an ounce. A tremendous sum for those days. Yet, each writer carried a full-size Bible. It was presented to him when he joined the Pony Express and he took it with him despite all the scrupulous weight precautions. Amazing to me. The Word of God was considered to be of greater value than any weapon they could carry to ensure protection and success. The book of Hebrews tells us in chapter 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's Word is powerful. It protects you. In our series... Of Nehemiah regarding servant leadership, we have seen that in our call to serve, God is concerned about our attitude. In our call to work, God is concerned about our actions. In our call to warfare, God is concerned about our abiding, trusting Him, looking to Him. And as we look at our call to the Word of God here, God is concerned about us knowing His mind in order to do the will of God. And so Nehemiah, his call to the word is characterized by three truths here in verses 1 through 12 of chapter 8. Literally, the chapter should begin in the, at the end of verse 73, where it says, When the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. That's a better division. And then it says, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. And so Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. Before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for that purpose. And besides him, at the right hand stood uh, Mathathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Meseiah. And at his left hand, Pedaiah. Mishael, Malkichael, Meshum, Heshbadanah, Zachariah, and Meshulam. I thought Xavier was bad. <laughs> and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for... They were standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood. He stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord... The great God. Then all the people answered, "Amen, amen," while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Joshua, Binai, Sherebiah, Jemmin, Akub, Shabithal, Hodejah, Hazliah, Helata, Azariah, Hazabad, Hanan. Pellahiah and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. And so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe. And the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those to whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Nehemiah's call to the word is characterized by the following three truths. It is realized by personal hunger for the word of God, verses 1 through 3. Secondly, it is rewarding by proper exposition of the word of god verses 4 through 8 and thirdly it results in penetrating conviction of the word 9 through 12 personal hunger proper exposition penetrating conviction that's what the word of god does ladies and gentlemen let's begin here the call to the word is characterized by real and realized by personal hunger the word. Notice in verse one all the people gathered together as one man and told Ezra to bring the law of Moses. Man always responds to God. God initiates, always. Whenever it seems like I'm initiating, I'm wrong. <laughs> I respond to God. The emphasis noted is on being of one mind and purpose, desiring God's word. The occasion is just weeks after the completion of the wall. In chapter 6, verse 5. They have seen God work for them. in the greater opposition and obstacles. They knew that though they were free from captivity. And in the land now. And the walls were rebuilt. Protection. If they didn't return to the word of God. They would be destroyed again. This is where many people fail. They they, they, they don't stand the word of God. And the word of God is a protection to you. It protects you in every way. Notice in verse 2. All the people were those who were old enough to appreciate and discern the meaning. The priest Ezra brought forth the law. That was his responsibility. The congregation was composed of notice men, women, and all who could Here, with understanding. This is no coincidence in what God has recorded here. As we go along, we'll point that out. Notice the date, the first day of the seventh month. It correlates with the very last portion of verse 73 of the previous chapter, confirms it there. Now, look at verse 3. All the people counted the cost of time to hear, and they were attentive the word was read from daylight to noon about 6 hours. You guys think you guys have a bad hearing me one hour? 6 hours. The ears of all were attentive to the book of the law. They weren't bored. Remember they had been in captivity for 70 years. And they went to captivity because they disobeyed the word of God. They neglected the word of God. Their hunger for the word was greater than the amount of time. It took to hear. It seems that we lose the true value of things we have when we have them all the time. Then when they're removed from us, then we realize the true value of those things that we took for granted often. Notice a little detail, the word all. It appears in all three verses, verse 1, 2, and 3. They were all in one accord as to their desire to know the mind of God. To do the will of God. This is what marks the people of God. This is what makes a family effective in the neighborhood. This is what makes a church effective in a community. The people that come to the church are being the church. And they're growing in the word of God. And they have a desire and a hunger for the word of God. In France, there once lived a poor blind girl who obtained the gospel of Mark in raised letters, and learned to read it by the tips of her fingers, braille. By constantly reading, these became callous, her fingers, and her sense of touch diminished until it could not distinguish the characters any longer. One day, she cut the skin from the ends of her fingers to increase their sensibility so she thought but in fact she destroyed the sense of it she felt that she must now give up her beloved book and weeping pressing it to her lips saying farewell farewell sweet word of my heavenly father to her surprise her lips more delicate than her fingers discerned the form of the letters and all night she perused with her lips the word of God and overflow with joy at this new acquisition how many of us have five, ten Bibles around the house and we look at it and well I won't read today or people think that the Bible is some kind of a ancient historical holy decoration <laughs> and you don't open it you don't read it you just and it's got to be huge you got to put it in the family dining table a Bible that usually is falling apart belongs to someone who isn't A Bible that is and usually belongs to someone who is. The Bible will keep you from sin. And sin will keep you from the Bible. And again. Because we are so blessed in America. It's easy to lose all of that. God would have us all together together as one. Even as they did. With such hunger for God's word. That we would say bring the word of God. It is the greatest privilege in the world. To be able to read. Study understand, to gather together as a people of God and to grow together to see how God's going to use the particular church or group of people, wherever it may be. What a great privilege. You Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness tempted by the devil, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's quoting Deuteronomy. Nothing new. The word of God. Now, the emergent church would have you to believe that there is no objective truth that you can learn from God's Word. This is their own words. That is, there's no use to study the Word of God. You cannot li- learn any objective truth. Well, in that proclamation, that person, that system, that emergent church doctrine has just made a dogmatic statement. Of objective truth. I'm to believe their objective truth. But not to believe there's objective truth in the word of God. God has revealed his word. That you can understand it. That you can apply it to your life. God's will is in the word of God. Don't believe what people teach today. I always tell you there's fungus among us. It's the way it is. God would have each of us. Not simply to gather To feel good. But to hear and understand the meaning in order to obey the word of God and be holy. If you just go to church to kind of unscrew your top of your head and stick information in. To be just a walking commentary or a Bible answer man. It's not going to help you. But if you come so the Holy Spirit can transform your life and deal with your heart. And for you to decrease and Jesus to increase. Then that's good. Because to tell you the truth, if you're transformed from day to day, that's good for everybody around you. It's <laughs> good for you and especially for those around you. God would have us to count the cost of having, hearing, and understanding God's Word. Again, look, they, they, they stood for six hours. And it says they were attentive, not bored. The greatest encouragement is when we sit down and study the Word of God and the hour flies. It's that hunger. You're studying the Word of God. If you're going to learn the Word of God, it's going to take commitment of time. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Word of God. As a dear pens or longs after the water broke. So pants or longs my soul after you, O God, Psalm forty two one. The God will speak to you. The God would deal with your heart. The God would direct and guide you as you ask Him for wisdom. As you open the Word, and it's just you and God, and you get off so no, you have no disruptions. Put the phone somewhere else, and just grab some coffee or tea or whatever, and just sit there and just read and just let God deal with your heart. Then there's other times when you tear apart the Word. It's study. You just open. You're going to diagram a a chapter or a book or whatever. And you spend time. It's not just a cursive reading. It's just that you dig in the words, the key words, the divisions. You break out the books and you spend three, four hours. It's important. A call to the Word is realized by personal hunger for the Word. Notice secondly verses 4 through 8. A call to the Word is... Rewarding by proper exposition. What I mean by proper exposition is by proper handling of the text. So as to bring about the meaning of the life situation when it was written. So then application can be made for today. So you have to deal with, and we'll move into a little bit more as we go along, the historical background, the context And the language, whether it be Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. Okay, it doesn't mean you have to know those languages, but there are commentators and scholars that do, and they've done the work for you. You just need to roll up your sleeves and do some digging. Luther's word for the Reformation was scripture alone. Scriptura sola. Scripture alone. Notice verse 4 and 5. Proper exposition is accomplished by one who is called and anointed by God. The gifts of teaching. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. That God calls and anoints people. It doesn't mean that they're better than anybody else. They're God's gifts. It's all by grace. person has nothing to boast about. Notice here Ezra in verse 4. The scribe. He's on a wooden platform. Six men on the right. Seven on the left. Gifted by God to teach. We've read their names. Now, in verse 5, Ezra opened the book, and all the people stood to hear. See, they stood. We've got it backwards. I don't know when it turned around, but we should turn it around again. They used to stand, and the teacher would sit. This way, if someone fell asleep, it'd be easy to find out. All right? They stood. The teacher sat to teach The priest, Ezra, stood above so that they could see him, not that he was better than they. So he could be visible, so he could be heard. Now notice verse 6, proper exposition produces and points the people of God to the worship of God. They lifted up their hands, symbolic of dependency, surrender, if you will, a desire to touch God. Now, there are people who love to do that to be seen. Nothing wrong with you lifting your hands up. You can lift your hands and stuff like that. You worship God. But you want to make sure you do it in accord to what's going on so that you don't bring attention to yourself. Because we're here to worship God, not to see you worship God. We're here to worship, lifting up holy hands. Dependency, surrender, desire to touch God. And notice they bowed their heads. And they worshiped the Lord, a position of humility and reverence. This comes through the hearing of the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 17. If you say you're a Christian, you've come to the Lord, but you're not hearing and studying and learning the Word of God, then your faith is not going to grow. You're going to remain an infant. You're going to be carnal. You're going to be a liability to the church rather than an asset to the church. Seniority doesn't count in the Lord. You can be in the Lord 40 years, but if you haven't grown, And you can't find any book and you can't even defend your faith. If you've been in the Lord five years, you should be able to defend your faith. Against a Mormon, a Jehovah Witness, or a good moral pagan. (laughs) You should be a student of the Word of God. Some of you guys, you're baseball fans and basketball fanatics. And you know their names, their numbers, how many baskets, their average, everything. What if you knew the Bible as good as you knew your favorite basketball player, baseball player, football player? You might shock yourself. (laughs) But that doesn't come overnight, does it? You're dedicated. You're a fan. But if you get too serious with God, people say, don't be a fanatic. No, be a fanatic. It's good to be a fanatic for Christ. (laughs) You give it your all. You can't be a part-time Christian. You hurt yourself and those around you. Humility, reverence, worship of God. Not the pastor. Worship of God. Look at verse 7 and 8. Proper exposition is expository. He read distinctly. The root word means to separate, to show. He gave the sense from the word intelligence. In other words, the meaning And he helped them to understand the reading, which means to separate mentally or to distinguish, to perceive and apply to life. This is all I do every time I do expository preaching or teaching. I read it. I tell you what it says. Then we get into the exposition. I tell you what it means. And then I give you an illustration and I apply it. What does it say? What does it mean? How does it apply to my life? That's what they're doing here. If you just read it and learn what it mean, means to that day and whatever but you never apply it doesn't do you any good. But you can never make application until you have found out what it meant for the people of that day. That is the primary responsibility of every expositor and pastor teacher. The Bible in context and scripture has one interpretation. Many applications, but only one interpretation. There are very few scriptures that have a potential of two interpretations. Maybe there's a difficulty in a word or something, but all texts have one meaning. Many applications, but in the interpretation there's only one meaning, ladies and gentlemen. The problem is today there's too much subjective teaching from the pulpit. And they read it and then they use it as a springboard and go all over the place and never touch the text. But if you're doing good exposition, then that text, you know what it means. And it will mean the same thing a hundred years from now. Because it's the same Word of God. You understand?
0: How serious do you take reading your Bible? Pastor Xavier Reese and surrendering to the Word of God. And you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's much more to come on this important topic right here next time. So if you can't join us for the next edition of Simple Truths, you can pick up a complete unedited copy of this message. The title to request is A Call to the Word. We have them available on CD for just $4. So once again, the title to ask for is A call to the word, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station in all your correspondence. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry. Most Christians want to experience God, but Pastor Xavier says it's not all about feelings. Find out more when you join him on the next edition of Simple Truths.